afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday. It's March the 10th. Holy shit, it's March the 10th, 2022. It's another Technical Alpha podcast. Glad you could make it. If you're here live, you're listening to us from the comfort of your car on a three-hour commute in the big city. I'm sorry. I feel you. I get angry here in, in half a lax Nova Scotia when I'm in traffic for 45 minutes. I don't know how some of you motherfuckers do it. I really don't. If you ask me to move to the big city and spend two and a half hours in one direction to get to work, I'm tapping out early. I'm moving somewhere else and getting paid one-fifth as much pretty much right off the rip. But it's another Tech Health Podcast. We had a great show lined up for you today. Once again, glad you could make it. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, we had a, uh, a break last week. Mr. Black was in Las Vegas. Gambling money and winning, I think. Uh, I, I mean, I came home and lo- I, I was I lost overall, but oh, okay. I, had a couple, I had a couple of good days. Some dubs and some L's. Yeah. It's the way you like it. As long as it's not straight L's, because that's no. a bad time. But you got yeah. you get a couple of dubs in there, it's all worth it. Uh, but yeah, he's at Vegas, and and uh, I would normally consider doing a solo show, but then uh, I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to go work on the house for an extra few hours. So that's what I did uh, instead. So we were off for the week, but now we're back. Luckily, not a hell of a lot happened uh, when we were gone, so uh, we didn't miss out on too, too much. Uh, but all the same, we're here to recap on what we would have missed last week as well as what went down this week because we talk about video games, movies, television, and everything in between. And then eventually it just devolves into whatever the fuck we feel like for the last, like, back hour of this bad boy. Happens. But before we start, most important question of the week, Mr. Black, and this is, it's not the same old saying this time, how was your week? Uh, it was fun. It was good. I had a good time in Vegas. It was nice to get away. Um... It was nice to be in a place that doesn't have mask mandates and other mandates. Mm. Um, obviously, you still have to wear them when you fly and stuff um, and in the airports. But um, I still wore my mask a lot because casinos have a ton of cigarette smoke. And I, it actually helped a great deal with... Uh, it is like remarkable the, how much yeah. that shit helps with stuff like cigarette smoke, eh? Uh, it was night and day. So, like, the first the first day I was there, I pretty much didn't wear my mask at all. Um and then in the morning, I was like, oh, man, that cigarette smoke just really fucking with my chest and everything. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to wear my mask. And by the next day, I was fine again. So I just I wore my mask quite a bit in the casinos. Um, but it was nice to not have to and then, like, not be judged if you didn't. So, um, yeah, I went to UFC. That was awesome. Um, got to hang out with, you know, Miyagi and Scream and Wayne and a bunch of people from the community so that was fun uh went to a crazy steak dinner on the last day which was crazy good and uh yeah and then flew home um yeah every, everything was good i mean the flights were awesome i had first class for all my flights so um i had tons of room on the way home we had those our own pods so i could literally like <laughs> lay back watch movies 
chill. You hang got to out. live the bougie life thanks to COVID nineteen for uh, for a trip, bro. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna live that bougie life every time I fly now. Uh, I'm never is going that, back. Is that like a once you go black, you can never go back kind of that's, a situation? Uh, oh, absolutely. That's uh, <laughs> that's literally. I had the black experience of of the airplane. So and now you can't. And now you can't return. Yeah. yeah I mean, if I if I if I got to spend an extra, you know, five hundred to a thousand dollars round round trip to have that, if if you're going on a long flight, it's it's a no brainer. So. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Long flights, yeah. short flights, you know, oh fuck, you know, not really worth putting the money down for like a, a two hour flight or some shit. Yeah. But if you're in the plane for five to seven hours. Yeah, no, dude, dude, just, and just to be, be not being around so many people, like just yeah, having yeah. your own space. It was nice. Yeah. So yeah, it makes uh, a big difference. Yeah. Overall it was good. It was good. Came back. I had to take some COVID tests and stuff. I obviously, I didn't get Rona. Uh, Kayla's mom has COVID right now. Uh, oh no, really? Yeah, she's fine. Uh, nobody else in the house has it, so that's good. She's been isolating. She's fine. Um, good. She's pretty much asymptomatic. She got like a stuffy nose, and that's pretty much it. Um, outside of that, man, that's that was my week. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, yeah, I did. I didn't go to Vegas. I just went back to the house and just uh, continued working on that bad boy. Uh, we finally got around to starting HVAC. I feel like I've been saying HVAC for like fucking nearly a month, but it finally happened because we actually got our hands on the shit to put in for HVAC in the first place. Uh, so, Mm-mm. um, yeah, we started that up. We got all of our plumbing, uh, is now done as well. So that's all sorted. And we started putting, um, anywhere we were doing plumbing, we started putting the floor, the walls and shit back together where we had taken stuff out to get access in. Uh, started doing, um, in, uh, the laundry room downstairs, a little, uh, drywall mud and tape and shit to get that ready. Cause we've got to paint it before we put the HVAC unit on the wall. Cause once that bitch is up there, that's it. That's it. It ain't coming back down again. Uh, not for a long while. So, uh, so we got to, we, we've been prepping that up and while that's been going on, um, we've also started, like I said, yeah, the HVAC properly. So we were putting our rigid, our rigid, uh, three and a quarter by 10 for like our interior runs to the attic and uh and up to the other side of the house for uh the main floor's exhaust and um <clears throat> and then we uh, we did the uh the intake side and it it was an absolute nightmare like i said <laughs> i said to dad i said if i ever had to do this shit uh, it would never be retrofitting if anyone ever asked me to retrofit hvac again nah. i tell them go fuck themselves nah. uh it ain't it ain't it bro it is it ain't it you don't have any room to do anything and you can't like, you can only cut so much out of a floor or a wall. And so, you know, you, it's one thing to cut a hole for, you know, three and a quarter by 10 to run the pipe through, but then you got to get a boot on the bottom of that motherfucker so that you can, you know, convert it to, you know, six inch pipe or whatever. And that doesn't go through a hole in the floor unless you're taking up like half the fucking subfloor and whatever you're doing. And nobody wants to do that because you just want to cut what's between the wall cavity. You don't want to cut fucking more than that. And, uh, and then of course, because the house is already built, there, you open up a hole in the floor and you're like, oh, there's 14 copper pipe and 16 electrical cable and like everything else that's running underneath the, the subfloor that you have to like try and get HVAC in and around uh, and then figure out a way of connecting all this shit, screwing it together, taping it in a space that is not meant for anyone to actually work within. So we, I, w- I want to say that the, uh, the fucks per minute the other day. Uh, coming out of Dad and I's mouth while we were putting the, the, the intake in. Fucks per minute through the roof. Pretty high. Many fucks per minute were had that day. 
Uh, and uh, we were very thankful that it, that uh, that when we get it all together, it actually was you know it's it, it's going to work and it'll be good to go. We got a little we had a little bit of a scary moment where when we put it up into the attic, it looked like for a moment we weren't going to be able to clear the truss to put the pipe on the end of the T. We thought the T was going to be too close to the truss and we were going to be fucked and have to take the whole thing apart after like ten hours of fucking work. Thankfully, we're going to be just fine. So we did that. Exhaust is in. Uh, Dad's taking the day off um, after uh, after being out for the morning, and and I'm here with the podcast, and we'll be back to it. But we're getting ever closer. It's it's starting to feel a little better now. Like you, before you go into the house, you do some shit, and it's like you, there's so much work to do that you felt like you were never going to get to the end of it. But now that the two rigid pieces of the of the HVAC are in, the rest of it's just like mostly running hose. That won't be nearly as difficult. It'll go relatively quick barring no catastrophic fucking hiccups uh and then at that point we're really starting into the finish work and that will feel uh that will feel like a million bucks i still don't expect to be in the house anytime soon but it's starting to feel like a, an actual house is coming together which is always nice and that's been my last two weeks just working at the house that's it no work no nothing else just house home sleep wake up house home and sleep it's my entire existence and it will be my existence again tomorrow actually that's a lie i have to do my taxes me too. Doing those tomorrow. So, yeah. So no no house for a couple days. Uh, that will be uh, taxes time. Uh, but that's it. And now it's time to move on to some gaming news, Mr. Black. You ready to talk about some gaming news? Uh, yeah, this is sure. This is hot off the press- presses. Dr. Disrespect just posted this shit on Twitter 30 minutes ago. The closest that we are going to hear about the Dr. Disrespect and Twitch debacle... Is that he, and this is, he wrote this on a card, one of his cards, and signed it, because, you know, that's a doc thing to do. Said, I have resolved my legal dispute with Twitch, no party admits to any wrongdoing. And then he followed that up with a tweet that said, to answer all of your questions, the doc will not return to Twitch. And so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That that sounds like a settlement to me oh, at yeah. that point. Oh yeah. And so uh, that's all that is. So you you know that's the, but there you go. There's your chapter complete. And barring some sort of catastrophic, he got uh, a little bag. He got a little bag, and he's he got a little away. bag yeah. for that for sure. Uh, and barring some sort of like massive like horrible leak, that would be uh, terrible for everyone involved. Uh, that's as much as you're ever gonna know about the Dr. Disrespect and the Twitch memes. Now that that's done, I can move on to the stuff I have notes over. Just after we settled down with Pokemon Legends Arceus, the next mainline dual release, games were just announced. Gen 9's Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which I know Jeff has been waiting for with bated breath forever to show up so that he can play more Pokemon. They're coming out later this year. And look to be a refinement on the Legends open world formula. So this Legends Arceus thing that looks like a beta test, because that's pretty much what it looks like, uh, seems to be exactly that. Because the next these two next two games, the Gen Nine proper uh, mainline titles, are following that same formula and are likely going to be better versions of the Legends Arceus uh, beta test. Is what I'll call that. Uh, many people are excited about that, of course. Uh, Arceus has gone over well in general, despite the fact that it looks like the, uh, underside of an old shoe, uh, and, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that for anyone that's actually fans of Pokemon that aren't just blind fanboys of it, we'll get a little bit of extra sauce, a little bit of extra action on this next release, because holy fuck, Arceus was a painful-looking experience. 
and uh, actually, now that I say that, that'll almost play into one of the other pieces of, of news that we're going to talk about here further down the list. But nevertheless, there you go. Years ago now, Mr. Black, back in 2018, Celeste. Do you know about Celeste? It's a game that was streamed quite a bit. It's kind of like one of those, yeah, not, not boshy clones, but similar kind of a... Yeah, it's like a platform platformer type game. Yeah, yeah, the two yeah. D side scrolling platformer, uh, you know, difficult kind of deal, the the punishing type. Uh, so it won the award for best indie game back in 2018 at the Game Awards. But the award itself, the physical award itself, went missing, fucking disappeared, and never went home with the developers. Just recently. The streamer Prestige is Key, that's the streamer's name, was looking for a replica of the Game Awards award. He wanted, uh, or they wanted the actual fiscal award or, or a replica of it. And while looking for thing, uh, that exact thing, they ended up coming across what turned out to be Celeste's actual award from 2018, posted on eBay. Uh, the eBay listing was something along the lines of, oh, we have this because of, like, liquidation of assets, which doesn't make any sense because the developer, by the way, still exists. <laughs> but, all the same, uh, they recognized, uh, they recognized and they were like, that's a little strange, I wonder if this is real. They wanted a replica anyway, so they uh, put in uh, on the auction and they won it. Uh, they won the auction, I can't remember how much it was for, it was for a few hundred bucks. Got the award. Turns out, absolutely legit. 100% is actually actually the Celeste Award from way back the fuck 2018. And so, got in contact with the developers like, Hey, I've got something that belongs to you. The developer was like, no shit. And they uh, they exchanged. The developer paid him the fee that was on eBay that uh, or that you know they paid. Or I don't even know if it's he, but they paid for uh, it on eBay. And then sent them uh, some... Uh, some signed Celeste merchandise, amongst other things, uh, for uh, for finding uh, for finding it in the first place. But yeah, kind of a kind of a, a random, uh, but uh, but kind of a funny story. I just enjoy that whoever posted that was like, yeah, they liquidated. Who the fuck steals a game award award? Like, who's backstage going, oh yes, this Give one will be mine. Yeah, and like so the weird. and for like the indie game, like we're not talking like game of the year. Like, where they took, like, the prestigious one. They took, like, Indie Game uh, of the Year and just sat on it. Like, that's a little fucking strange, but all, all the same, they found it, and it's back in its, uh, in its rightful home. Custom PC Building Company. I don't know if this ended up on your timeline, Mr. Black. Artesian yeah, Builds. Yeah, you saw this? Arte- and there's more to this than I have listed here, but I'm sure lots of people have heard. Uh, Artesian Builds fell off a cliff this last week. Uh, after some horrific PR choices, which led to their eventual collapse. And by that, I mean they basically laid off fucking everyone, and it's been a complete gong show ever since. Uh, it's it's really, nothing about this was handled well at any point in time, <laughs> from top to bottom. Did you see the video that went along with this? I did, yeah, I did I did see it. I I was a little confused by it, like I... I don't, I don't know. I, I, well, let me explain it here and see if okay. it clears anything yeah. up for you. So, so Artesian Builds has an ambassador program, like many small or even larger companies have an ambassador programs, right? So in order to, to become an ambassador, you just need to meet some criteria, obviously. There'll be emails back and forth, almost like a sponsor, really. It's very similar in that regard. Uh, the difference being you're not necessarily getting direct pay for being an ambassador sometimes. It's usually just... Maybe a promo code. You might get some kickback. Maybe you're getting some uh, some uh, merchandise or something along those lines. But it's mostly like you they're really like this company. Deals, they're, yeah, they're, they're bad. Dog, they're dog shit. They're bad deals. 
And so you will often find that most of the content creators that are involved in ambassador programs are smaller creators because they're just looking for any foot in the door that they can that they can get, right? So uh, in that regard, with that being said, their ambassador program, they did raffling, a raffle for uh, for giving one of their ambassadors or more, I don't know if it was one or more, but either way, it doesn't matter in this case, uh, one of their PC builds. So it was a raffle for their ambassadors. Thanks for being ambassadors. We're going to, you know, have a draw here or whatever and, and, uh, and, uh, and give this computer away. And so unfortunately, I guess in their eyes, for whatever reason, when they did eventually draw this streamer, and I wish I, uh, I had her name, I, I didn't take note of it, but, uh, when they pulled her name out for the raffle, this was do- being done like live or some shit too. Uh, they saw the name and they, and they knew, like, they were, I guess they had an issue with the fact that she wasn't a particularly big content creator for their ambassador program. She was, uh, quite a, a small, uh, content creator, uh, and, uh, I guess that meant for them, they were like, oh, we're not gonna get, like, any, this is, there's no benefit to this person going on social media and be like, oh my god, I won a raffle from the ambassador program at Artesian Builds, yay! And then, like, have, like, 50,000 people see it. That wasn't gonna happen. And so for them, they started coming up with, like, they kept moving the goalpost as to why this person was not going to win the raffle. Uh, and eventually that blew them up real bad all over social media. Of course, this, uh, this streamer, amongst other people, started to blast that all over the fucking internet. Uh, and, uh, everyone, rightfully so, started shitting, I guess, on our DJ. If this was something that was done beyond closed doors and it was, you know, ambiguous as to what was going on, probably wouldn't have been something that I'd be like, yeah, go fuck him up. But the fact that these guys did this shit live and you can see literally every single part of this interaction is kind of bad for them. They really didn't think that one out. So they're catching heat, rightfully so. Uh, After that had happened, though, of course, everyone's rallying around this streamer. Uh, I think she's now with, like, Cooler Master brought her on. I want to say it was Cooler Master. It was one of the PC brands. I think it was Cooler Master. Uh, was hooked up with all sorts of stuff, of course, from other companies. And then their follower count just fucking, like, went through the roof. Because for, like, the period of days at a time, her name was being plastered all over social media alongside of Artesian Builds in this instance. And, and so, yeah, the CEO basically buried himself in, in minutes on live. Uh, live video. It was uh, quite an impressive thing to watch. Uh, and uh, and now I guess the latest is that the company is basically being dissolved or sold off in chunks. Everyone's been laid off and uh, that Artesian Builds is just going bye-bye. Oh yeah, they're done. <laughs> All that because they didn't want to fucking give away the PC that they raffled off to one of their own ambassadors because they weren't going to get as much clout out of it as they were hoping for. Yep. Holy shit. What do you think the odds are that 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 more than just that was a, a problem within the company? Like, if that was their mindset for that, what are the odds that, you, that that they were just generally shitty fucking like company runners in the first place? Yeah, I mean, my guess is is they're probably their profit margins are really thin. I mean, they're in the they're in the computer business, you know. Um, yeah. So their their margins aren't big, and they're probably pinching pennies. Uh, except they pinch pennies live on stream. Um, <laughs> Not, not the smartest, uh, not the smartest play. Um, I mean, listen, uh, they deserve, they deserve to, to get shit on. I mean, they, they have to, they have to know better. Um, do I think people went a little bit too crazy? Yeah. I think once people kind of get on this hate train and they, you know, everybody's it's snowballs. Yeah. It, it's snowballs. Everybody is looking for somebody to bury, you know what I mean? But you know, they made, they made it easy. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, it's not, a. Uh, 
is not cool on the streamer. It doesn't matter how big or small she is. If you're going to allow her to participate and you're going to put her in the raffle and you're telling her and everybody else that's part of this program, which, by the way, is a dog shit program, and a lot of these streamers <laughs> are, you know, pushing you Should your, not be doing ambassador programs They shouldn't be like doing that. this stuff anyway, but, you know, when you're a new streamer and you got a chance to get a like a fucking stick of RAM or a fucking free headset from Razer, you just do it. Um, I get why'd it. You, why'd you have to do Razer dirty? Because they're dog shit, man. <laughs> That's why. Because, like, you couldn't, like, Razer couldn't pay me money to promote their, their headphones, let alone get them for free, right? So, uh, it's just the way it is. Keep talking, I gotta uh, take this sweater off. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean... These guys deserved it. They buried themselves. I mean, they they buried themselves. If they were smart, they would have said, oh my goodness, you know, hey, it's, it's a streamer that, you know, um, is starting out and what an amazing, what an amazing gift to give, to give this streamer an opportunity to, to allow them to, to grow their stream using our build and stuff. And they could have really not only impacted her stream, um, although this has all been a blessing for her. Um, at the end of the day, uh, <laughs> yeah. she's loving this, but they could have taken the opportunity to really go above and beyond for this chick. Instead, they did the opposite. They humiliated her. They made her feel small. They said, you're not getting it for whatever reason. So fuck them. You know, <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, seriously, I mean, the guys are idiots. Fuck, fuck this, the, the people making those decisions. Cause I'm sure they had lots of employees that would yeah, not have I mean, made I mean, that exact people, choice. Yeah, the people that did that shit live yeah, on air. Fuck them. Fuck those guys. Yeah, fuck those guys. It's not, they weren't funny. They were trying to act funny. They, you know, and, and instead they just buried their company. So, I mean, look. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a big, that's a big L, bro. Like, if you can dismantle your own company in like 45 seconds live. Yeah, dude. That's bad. You should probably, you should probably not start another company. I'm sure they're going to. But Listen, if you don't want to give away a computer to somebody that has a thousand followers don't allow a piece of person with a thousand followers to enter your draw be transparent that's that's actually mildly illegal actually to have like have them pass yes. all of your requirements and then not give it to them that's like oh you won the lottery but you're not already a, a a high member of society uh you're not allowed to have this money now we yeah. need somebody we need somebody that is a uh we need we need a celebrity uh we need uh, like a, maybe a doctor Somebody, somebody that actually has some clout around here, so that when we tell everyone that we gave them the money out of this draw, uh, we get something out of it. It's fucked up, but they're dead. Yeah, it's so. like, dude, you guys have, you guys, they should have a PC build allocated for their marketing purposes. You know, they're gonna get all of these people probably to talk about. They're already talking about your product to begin with on the streams. If they have 200 people in this program or 2,000 people and they're all small, you have all these people still promoting you anyway, it should be enough to equate to a PC build. If, it, if that it's ain't a enough, then your, program, anyway. yeah, then your program sucks ass anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, what are you like? Are you that hard up about a fucking PC, dude? If your really? company, if your you company can't eat like 2,500 US dollars in a write-off that you're going to like use for tax purposes anyway... Yeah, You're you might have under, more problems. Yeah, yeah no. That, anyway, <laughs> it is what it is. So there you go. Uh, a pleasant surprise for Resident Evil fans. That's you, Mr. Black. 
Resident Evil 2, 3, and 7 are coming to the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S with visual improvements later this year. Those that own the PS4 and or Xbox One versions will get the upgrade at no additional cost. So it's kind of like a, a you know the next-gen upgrade uh, that they're rolling out. I don't have specifics as to you know just how fancy it is. Obviously, they're not, they're not remakes or anything like that, but they are getting the uh, probably a texture bump, frame rate bump, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, if you're a fan of, uh, of, I believe when they say Resident Evil 2, it's probably the remake, but 2, 3, yeah. and 7, uh, all getting a nice little bump, so if you're looking for a reason they could, uh, to hop in, or you, because you've not done it yet, or if you're looking for a reason to go back, you'll have one later this year. Uh, Epic Games has acquired Bandcamp. That's it, that's the news. I don't, actually, I don't even have any, I have no... Business insight, but to say diversification of portfolio, then like I'm trying to, I tried to think real hard about the only thing I could come up with was maybe in, in, in collaboration with brands within the gaming, uh, uh, market that they work with, maybe they'll use Bandcamp as an, uh, an opportunity to sell like fucking video game soundtracks and shit or like post them online or something. Like, otherwise, I don't got an answer as to why Bandcamp was being picked up by Epic Games. I got nothing. Um, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I've got, I got nothing. All those uh, is Bandcamp still like uh, is still like the the underground indie scene for rap artists these days, or did that move on to so. a different platform? Yeah, that that's moved on, man. I don't okay, think so that's like SoundCloud or um, um, SoundCloud's uh, still Sound- big for rap. SoundCloud, but also. Um, Oh, what's that other one? Fucking, um... The other one there. There's three. There's, like, the three. SoundCloud, Bandcamp, and... Yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Anyway. There you go. Epic Games. Bandcamp. I don't even know how... I saw that pop up on my timeline, and I just, like, I did a double take. Like, what? Bandcamp. All right. Uh, just in time for me to buy my 22 Ultra, which I do have now, thankfully, and it's protected to, to all hell, and I'll probably never want to leave the house with it for a while because it costs too much damn money. Uh, Samsung was caught, Mr. Black, using a, uh, its game optimizing service, which is like an internal app that governs uh, the optimization of the functions of the phone whilst gaming, although apparently it does a little bit more than that. Uh, that service is being used to throttle damn near everything on the phone, which was also linked to technically falsified performance metrics when it came to using uh, performance benchmarking uh, by some of the leading benchmark websites on the interwebs uh, because they were turning off these kind of restrictions for the purposes of sending in for these benchmarks, and then the general user at home was having you know game optimizer throttle everything. The reasoning behind it is largely like the what you would imagine it is. They're throttling shit because of heat. They're throttling it because of battery use, uh, and also battery life expectancy in the long term. The actual the actual like usability or performance of a battery over the life of the phone and so uh you can totally now they're they're allowing people to disable that apparently but just be aware that if you're doing that and you're about to pop off on a sick Fortnite sesh on your uh, on your cell phone your battery is going to go bye-bye way faster you'll get 60 fps it's gonna it is gonna smoke the fuck out of that game but 
it's also going to smoke the fuck out of your battery. So just be aware that those were in that place. I think most people were more, uh, uh, not upset, but, uh, but disappointed because they were using, uh, unlocking them for the benchmarks. And so it kind of like, it's, uh, almost false advertising when you're seeing benchmarks of a new phone getting put up against others. Here's the thing though. Pretty much every major uh, manufacturer of phones have done this at some point. Uh, Apple has. uh, I think OnePlus has also done it relatively recently, unless I'm confusing OnePlus with one of the other um, smaller manufacturers. Uh, They've all done it in various degrees, and it's usually all in the same, for the same reasons. It's all in the sake of battery life and expectancy. Uh, I can tell you right now that having the game service running or optimizer service on my S22 Ultra right now uh, if it's throttling it, don't care. That shit is fucking eye-wateringly fast. Uh, it is not changing my life. I can still play games. They run smooth. And my battery performance is, well, I'm gonna be honest, it's still dog shit. But, hey, it's less dog shit than it would be. Uh, I'm salty like, right now. Uh-oh! So, um, on my way home from Vegas, I got, um, I got an email from Steam saying my, my Steam Deck was ready. And oh. to complete my purchase... Okay, and I just went over to do that right now because I just remembered. Right, and I uh, I was four hours too late. And what? It, and it canceled my. You have seventy two hours to finalize your order, and what? I was four hours too late. So it says uh, it says my reservation expired. No fucking seriously. Yeah, that seems so stupid. Why would they make it seventy two hour reservation? Like, what is the purpose of that? You need to email them pronto. Yeah. Be like, hey, I wasn't home at the yeah. time. I just got back and, and and checked in and remembered again after being off of an airplane, and uh, it's gone. So let's, let's solve I don't that. Even, uh, so fucking annoying. That is in stark contrast to something else that happened this week where we were watching Gabe Newell literally hand-deliver fucking Steam decks in person uh, uh, during launch week, which is... F- fucking weird that's uh yeah i would definitely send them uh an email for sure that's fucked up what a stupid fucking thing you already pre-ordered it i already fucking pre-ordered it dude. why would like, you need confirmation fuck, like what, like Just what's the confirmation god damn card and move on yeah like months later are you really sure that you want to buy this um, we know that you pre-ordered it within 14 seconds of it going live seriously before. but are you certain that you want this because we've got lots of people trying to get their hands on it so if we can catch some of you with your pants down we can like give it to somebody else yeah that's uh that's fucking wild uh holy shit yeah definitely get in contact with their their tech support there uh because that's fucked up that is fucked up I can't remember the last time anything I pre-ordered required me to confirm a pre-order months after I had put the pre-order in place. I can see them, like, confirming literally, like, immediately after checkout for some reason, but, like, months later, right before they're going to ship this shit? Yeah. Anyway. I'm gonna there you go. Them. Yeah, I messaged them, and uh, hopefully they get that... Uh, that cleared up because that's fucked up beyond belief. Uh, but yeah, Samsung, how dare you? You're on the naughty list now, along with like everyone else. We trusted you. And they fucked it up. I am jealous of iPhone's battery life, though. M has bro, the. Uh, bro, I what? didn't have to charge my iPhone once in Vegas, man. This yeah, phone so is you have, 
Which one do you crazy. have? 13 I, The 13 Pro, Pro yeah. This battery same one, is fucking nuts. It's the same as M. So M has the 13 Pro, not the Pro Max, because that would be half the size of her body. I have, I have the Pro Max, yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. she has the Pro. Say it's similar. So it's it's they black. I, it's black magic, but the reality is it's not really black magic. It's because they have this... They create the operating system, and they create all the hardware. So the fucking... The efficiency that they're squeaking out of it, when because they control everything from front to back is insane. I mean, it's literally like seven, like your phone would literally get seven hours more screen phone, uh, screen on time than mine with the same fucking battery size. And that's because Android being open source, not everyone has the same level of, you know, control over hardware and software on the Android side. So it's, it's kind of like you're brute forcing on Android. Whereas with Apple, like their biggest benefit of doing everything uh, on their own and having the ability to do so results in all this efficiency. Because the performance and everything is, is great, and they can be very close across phones, but the battery life specifically is just bonkers on, a, on an iPhone. Now, I guess in today's world, battery life only needs to be so good anyway. Like, as soon as you hit a full day of usage, like, let's say you have, like, 8 to 10 hours of screen-on time... That pr- it probably doesn't matter much after that. It's like a convenience thing, but phones charge so fast now. Like if I pl- when I plugged in my my twenty two Ultra uh, when I first opened it up to uh, to start um, the transfer from uh, my old phone, my uh, my Note nine had like thirteen percent battery life. I was like, fuck! Before we do this transfer, I got to charge my phones. So I plugged in the uh, the twenty two Ultra, which was at zero, and the third and the uh, the nine was uh, was at thirteen. By the time my Note 9, and they were both on their fastest chargers, by the time my Note 9 was at 43%, my 22 Ultra was at 79. Damn. From zero. Damn. So, like, phone, and that, it's not even the fastest phone. Like, some of the Chinese makes, like Huawei and stuff, have, like, these insane 100-watt fucking chargers now, where it's like, yes, your phone might explode from heat... But you can get 50% battery charge in 3.5 seconds. Um, it's really, it's really impressive. So, like, for me, when I looked at all the, all the stuff for, like, battery life now, if, you, if the phone gets 8 to 10 hours of screen on time, I officially stop caring after that. Because you plug your phone in, and you get a 50% charge in, like, 35 minutes. Like, who the fuck is at home like, oh, no! I have to have my phone plugged in for 10 minutes for another 3 to 4 hours worth of screen on time. Which is not all that important, but all the same, yeah. Uh, been happy so far. Not using it. It's actually back there. Because I'm over at the house so much, and I'm too scared to bring it to the house. I don't want it to get fucked up in construction. So it's over there on the wall. I use it when I'm home, and then when I'm out, I use my, my old phone until I get my, my new SIM card for my, my 22 Ultra. Anyway, Epic Games, uh, oh, we already did that one. We talked about the Ultra, which means it's time to talk about Babylon's Fall. Talk about large L's being held this week, Mr. Black. Babylon's Fall, which is the live service collab between Square Enix and Platinum Games, launched last week to exactly zero fanfare. And when I say zero, I mean as close to approaching zero a game can possibly get, especially a live service game in the year 2022. Let me uh, quantify exactly what I mean by that. The game peaked on Steam the main platform in which it is going to be played on, I'm sure, on launch day, usually it's it's peak day within reason, one of the peak days, at 650 players. Damn. Six. I, I got more viewers. 650. Pl- more people were watching you play a game that's older than some of your viewers than people played this brand new game on launch day. 650 peak. 
It averaged uh, like 300 people or some shit on launch day. Okay, so since it's come out though, it then its its absolute peak thus far has been 1,200 players and averages 450. Yikes. That's a big L. That's a, that's got to be soul crushing. If you worked on that game, you launched that shit, and then you see it die like that. Rip. On day one, 650. That is... Not even indie developers would be happy with those numbers. Like, that's fucking abysmal. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a real big yikes. So, uh, good luck out there, Babylon's Fall. That's a live service game, once again. So, in order to be a live service games, uh, a game for very long, it has to be alive. Uh, which right now is not. It's a dead service game. It's a dead service game. <laughs> That's the Grim Reaper ass service yeah. game right there. That's rough. Uh, so Godspeed to Babylon's Fall. Uh, speaking of Grim Reaper and dying, uh, with Elden Ring's huge success, much discourse has cropped up uh, surrounding its user interface and user experience being poor, which. In fairness, of course, it's not new for the Souls games. None of them have had good UI or user experiences in general. They've all been fucking terrible. Uh, Despite that, it did annoy many people from, whether you're talking about players, all the way up through developers, given the hordes of 10 out of 10 reviews this game got. Have you seen how many 10 out of 10s that bitch got? I have. They are collecting them like fucking Pokemon cards. They're out here friggin' swimming in 10s. It's crazy. And despite all that, the players are willing to ignore these issues, and obviously reviewers as well, that have been giving it perfect scores, despite the game clearly not being perfect. It's just another really good Souls game, which, you know, you know comes with caveats. Uh, It certainly seems to be centered around the point which uh, players of any given game are willing to look past glaring issues if the rest of the experience suits them. Other games and developers have had this luxury, such as Bethesda with Elder Scrolls and Fallout. We've talked about that many times here on the podcast, where, yes, those are very good, very unique experiences, uh, but they aren't perfect. You know, they're broken as fuck. I mean, Bethesda games are some of those broken games ever fucking cobbled together. However, because their experiences are unique and good, the players will look past those glaring issues. Uh, But despite all that, I would say that... (sighs) The other question is, how much of this is really bad design? So in light of that Bethesda uh, analogy, how much of it is really bad design and how much of it is simply being different design? Because different doesn't always necessarily mean worse and it doesn't always mean better either, but it does. different does almost always have the ability to ruffle feathers. Like if something is different, it will almost always get picked on by people. Uh, and I say that because developers from people from, um, I believe it was the Horizon series, that just came out, and as obviously some of those devs are probably salty that Elden Ring came out and stole its thunder, like, immediately, yep. um, are looking at it going, our game is basically, from a UI, UX experience perspective, perfect. This game over here looks like it was cobbled together by fucking interns, but it's within the Dark Souls universe, and so it gets this, like, enormous bump that people will just look past it because it's this unique experience they can't get anywhere else, and that has to be frustrating from a developer's perspective because they're looking at it going, holy fuck. Well, I mean... But, and that's what I'm saying, that's why I'll let you talk. Yeah. And that's why I mentioned at the end there, it is it really bad UI UX, or is it just different? Because that is a... There is a difference between... Those two things. What? How do you feel about uh, about uh, about that, Mr. Black? I'm not sure if it's bad or good. I think it's functional, and you know, it's like um, it's it's like it's like a it's like a chick, you know, 
you know, we got a really attractive, a really attractive woman. Okay. Right. Okay. She's a dime piece. You know, okay. she's beautiful. Mm hmm. And everyone's like, oh, my God, that is just it's gorgeous. Mm. Wow. Mm. But, you know, she doesn't have any personality. She's not fun mm. to be around. Mm hmm. You know, she's she's just pretty to look at. But does anybody really want to play with her? You know, it's like that old song. She ain't pretty. She just looks that way. That's it. Like, uh, you know, if you're if you're a guy at a gym and you've been hitting the gym hard. And you your got meat, this big your meat head, body. your meat stick. Yeah. And it's like, man, guy's got a nice body, but have you talked to him? Not a good time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's what we're seeing here. You know, um, by the sounds of it, I mean, I haven't played it yet. I, I have Elden Ring. It's installed, ready to go. Mm. Um, but from what I'm gathering is it's a good experience. You know, she's fun to talk to. She makes you laugh. She makes you cry. She gets you angry. She she brings out the emotion. She's not, you know, and she doesn't look half bad either. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, you you might have you might have a game that function functionality wise, like yeah, it's it's an amazing. We well we, everything is well thought out and it's so intuitive and it's just easy to see and navigate through. And oh man, I'm so proud of it. But if your game's boring. <laughs> nobody and nobody's interested in it then who gives a fuck about your menus dude it's like it's like a it's like the streamer's fallacy you know, you spend all the time in the world making your stream look good but if you suck ass as a streamer no one gives a fuck no one cares oh you got some nice menus good job it's like going into somebody's room and you see some really gorgeous wire management but everything that's hooked up is dog shit. Can't play the games you want to play. It's like, man, this is fucking pretty, but I can't play Elden Ring on this bitch. <laughs> or you can walk into my room and you see fucking cords all down here in the bottom. But I'm down, I'm gaming right away. My shit works. <laughs> Do you see where I'm going with this? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, there's somebody mentioned this, you know, when it comes to the Horizon guys specifically, and, and I don't want to, like, say that it was, like, every fucking developer on the Horizon team. There's one motherfucker out here saying the shit, and of course that's gonna, that's gonna make everyone look at it as if the whole development house was, like, cringing at, uh, at Elden Ring. Uh, I, you know, uh, from that perspective, it's, it's, I guess, how do I, how do I... How do I put this? I mean, really, you put it really well. I mean, it's, it's, oh, oh I saw somebody mention this. This is, how, this is what I was going to say. I, I saw somebody mention that, that, um, Horizon is kind of like, um, uh, it's kind of like a, a, a Marvel movie where like, uh, as an experience, you go to it and this is kind of inverse because people enjoy a Marvel movie, but you'll hopefully see where, where, where they were going with it. You go to it. It's formulaic. You have no trouble understanding what you're watching on screen. There is no questions. You're not left wanting, wondering, oh my god, everything's so, like, this too in, it's too in-depth. I can't understand. They're using too many five-letter words. I can't figure out what the fuck is going on in here right now. You know, None of that. You go to the theater. You kind of know what you're getting into. It's pretty. It's going to be easy to understand and digest. Dark Souls games or Elden Roll... Elden... Elden... Elden Roll? Fuck me. Elden Ring... It's more like, you know, it's more like your, your Oscar bait epic where you go in and a lot of people will still enjoy it because it's got lots of action and shit, but 
It's also going to fuck your shit up if you try to understand what the hell's going on. And for the Oscar bait guys who are sitting there jerking off over how complicated everything is and how they had to, like, come up with a thesis uh, to, to describe what happened in this film so that they can, like, argue over its merits for Oscar uh, nominations. But for the average person, it's just like, that shit's just, fuck, it's too much. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. And it's not yep. good necessarily for the average person. That's kind of what Dark Souls is. It's not good for the average person. In fact, lots of people bought Elden Ring as their first Dark Souls because they saw so much hype surrounding it, having never touched it before, got in, got their shit fucking owned in the first three seconds, have no idea what's going on. Most people skip the opening tutorial to tell you how to play the game. It's a dude glowing on the right-hand side. Most people are like, nah, fuck that shit, and just walk left and don't even know it exists. Whereas in something like Horizon... You know, Western design philosophy, you start the game, and what's the first thing that happens every time? You get tutorial pop-ups every five seconds. They're slapping you in the face with so many fucking, like, notes on how to do everything from jump and talk, interact with your environment or whatever. Then they'll give you, like, a little bit of a, like, uh, uh, a little bit of a combat tutorial where it's like, here's a fucking rat. Hit the rat with your stick. Kill the rat. Now you're good at gaming. Go ahead. Have fun. Whereas Dark Souls, they throw you in there and they're like, fuck you. Go figure it out. Go die in a corner somewhere for all I care. Until you come out the other side. And for most people, that's not it. Yeah, Tenant. Yeah, Tenant. Well, although Tenant was like... Tenet was a shit movie. But yeah, it was, it was like it tried to be that, but it also just ended up being a shit movie, unfortunately. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so... I I don't think I don't think it's necessarily bad in in its entirety. Do I think that there's a lot about the UI that could be improved in Dark Souls games? Fuck yes. That UI is atrocious a lot of the time. What about the user experience? Oh, that's a different story. That's that's like user experience is more of like a a philosophy than a, a than a thing. And in western game design philosophy, a lot of shit is handed to you on a platter and spelled out for you directly. Uh, or even if it's spelled out for you indirectly, it's done in a really calculated, fancy way. And with Dark Souls, they don't, they don't give a fuck about any of that. Those guys go in there and they're like, all right, we want this big badass world. We're going to build all these amazing, like crazy ass bosses, plant them in random places and call it a fucking day. And people love that shit. That thing peaked at a million people concurrent on Steam. Talk about the polar opposite of Babylon's Fall. Fucking literally the polar opposite end from 450 people on one end over a million on the other. And on Twitch, it was like a million people watching. Yep. So you had a million people concurrent playing, a million people concurrent watching. And that's just on two platforms. Do you imagine how big that is? And it also points out to just how uh, how much now Dark Souls games are starting to break into like what you'd consider mainstream now. More people are playing it, whereas before it was like a clout thing that four people played. Like, oh yeah, I beat Dark Souls. And then streaming, like I think I think I made the argument once that Dark Souls wouldn't really be what it is now if Twitch didn't exist. Or like YouTube gaming. Oh, it wouldn't be. Oh, it wouldn't be. Right? Because uh, it was a clout chasing game and now it's like everyone's like, oh yeah, Dark Souls is so hard and I beat it. Now Elden Ring is here and I'm beating Elden Ring. Uh, and, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to be playing it too. If I can get to the point of playing it without spoiling, if people on Twitter could calm the fuck down with posting every fucking, like, shitty clip of their gameplay on Twitter every five seconds, naming bosses and everything else, that'd be cool. If I, like, fucking avoid that. And I tried to block Elden Ring 
But then you realize that they don't always say Elden Ring. They'll put like a boss name in and just like post a video. You're like, fuck. Okay, great. Well, there you go. There you go. So by the time I get around to playing this bitch, I'm already gonna know half the game. I gotta, I gotta stop the, I gotta stop that shit. When do you plan on playing uh, some Elden Ring? Soon. Um, probably by Monday. By Monday, I'll start. Mm. I know nothing. I've watched zero. And I am going to be salty that I can't watch you play that because I won't have started it myself. I'm going to have to wait and go back to the VODs Mm. and experience it in a not live format. Or at least, like, hopefully play some and then, like, maybe get to watch a little bit of that live. Because it is a fun thing to watch. It's like one of those things where you're like, you know, I got through this. How does this person handle it? It's kind of a fun thing to to watch. They already speed run it, by the way. We talked about that. Somebody already beat it in under an hour. Wow. Great. This game's been out two weeks. Motherfuckers out here beating it in under an hour. Fuck you guys. Making us look bad. Uh, Sony's State of Play dropped uh, this week. Bringing with it not a lot, like most of their State of Plays. But some stuff worth mentioning. Returnal uh, is getting a Returnal Ascension, I guess, which is some sort of expansion-y thing. Which uh, has it getting two-player co-op. An endless mode and narrative update to the Tower of Sisyphus. New boss, items, and some more stuff. So if you're big on Returnal kicking your ass, and some people think that Returnal is actually more challenging than Elden Ring, uh, then there you go. You're going to get an update to that later on, uh, I believe, in this year. I don't know when exactly. I don't have a date here. Despite everyone hoping for it, given how many nods it gave in reference to it during their trailer... Exo Primal, which is a terrible name, is definitely not Dino Crisis, and it's more like Earth Defense Force Crisis. Uh, so this trailer popped up during the state of play. There was dinosaurs. There was a girl with the red short hair. Everyone started freaking out. Like, holy fuck, are we finally getting the Capcom logo pops? Like, huh? Huh? It's Dino Crisis! Nope. Chuck Testa. It's actually Exo Primal, uh, which is literally Earth Defense Force. If you don't know what Earth Defense Force is, is uh, basically most of them are like insect alien insects keep, you know, flooding into the Earth, and you're you're on the team destroying them all. It's just a shoot everything that moves, hordes and hordes of enemies. Except this time, it's hordes and hordes of dinosaurs. Mm. It's probably could be fun. It's just that when you when you do dinosaurs and a short haired redhead chick. And all that shit, Capcom flashes on screen, and people have been asking for Dino Crisis for a while. You're going to get some people angry. This is kind of the kind of way it goes. But you know what? You can look at it this way. Maybe they were hinting. Maybe a Dino Crisis is on the horizon. We beat, I think we beat all of those back in the day, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. It was a part of your, uh, your giant binder of burnt Sony PlayStation games. Yep. That we went I love through. love Dino Crisis. Uh, and so, yeah, hopefully we do get one eventually, but more like, you know, Dino Crisis was closer to like a survival horror yeah. than like a pure action thing. It wasn't like it was Turok or some shit. So, uh, maybe we'll get lucky in the future with, uh, with a little bit of that. Uh, despite everyone, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, that's not what I meant to say there. It's not Dino Crisis, but another surprise IP showed up in Valkyrie Elysium. Valkyrie Profile, I believe, is the game that came before this one, or it's another one of the games in the Valkyrie series. Uh, It's the first Valkyrie game in a hot minute, as far as I can remember, and will arrive later this year for PS4 and PS5. Very kind of esoteric Japanese RPG, action RPG-ass thing, if you've never seen Valkyrie uh, before. Um, I'm gonna be honest, it looks bland as fuck now. That that shit worked like 20 years ago. Um, I don't know if it works now. 
We'll find out when it eventually shows up on uh, on Steam. We'll see if it hits that Babylon fall peak. 450 people. If you need more chaos in your life, the new demo for Stranger Paradise is available. So if you need to get reminded about uh, all the Abercrombie and Fitch that you're going to be witnessing in a Final Fantasy game, then that's another demo now available for you to uh, to get your hands on. Uh, somebody on Twitter was keeping track of, or on Discord, I can't remember which one, of how many uh, how many times somebody said chaos during this demo. And what? after after several minutes, it was something like 17. The count was 17. Damn. Uh, that's not the whole thing, though. So I'm interested in how many times somebody ever gets that number. You let me know. I want to know how many times I say, chaos, chaos. <laughs> I still can't get over the voice acting in that fucking trailer. It was oh, incredible. It's, <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, Forspoken, which is that that game. Do you remember what Forspoken is? Uh, That's the, like, no. s- super mid-tier Disney-ass looking uh, action open world game with the, uh, the, the girl that, like, gets pulled out of modern times into into some sort of like fantasy world that now she has like magic abilities and shit and she had like the dialogue was like super painful as well uh in all of the trailers because it was like their their attempt at making her sound natural and it never found fucking sounded natural like ever anyway there's another trailer for that game uh it's not surprising that you wouldn't remember it honestly because it's kind of forgettable uh yeah you know the gameplay didn't look bad but the writing is still fucking atrocious i mean that's it's really bad they should probably just not just probably not have any talking. Just stick to the, the gameplay. Please, God. It was real real rough to listen to. Uh, oh, JoJo! All-Star Battle R! Which I don't know if that R stands for Royale, though even if it did, it's not it's not a battle royale in the, in the modern sense anyway. Uh, that's a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure universe-based fighting game. 50 characters from the JoJo universe gonna be in that bitch. It's a lot of characters. That's immediately getting up there, taking on the 610,000 fucking characters in Smash Ultimate. Uh, lots of people were excited about that. JoJo is a, uh, that's a very popular animu. Uh, lots of people were getting hype about that. Hopefully it turns out to be not too bad. Square Enix really invested in tactics games lately, as another one was shown. This one's called Diofield Chronicle. Not Chronicles, just the Diofield Chronicle. Uh, and that's coming later this year. Tactics lovers are eating well right now. I mean, we got all sorts of tactics games coming out of Square Enix and others. Uh, if anything else was, uh, and this is just my end note here for the, the event, if anything else was proven in this state of play, it's that Sony is committing to bringing high-profile games to the PS4 into at least 2023. So for those people out there who are like, man, I can't wait for them to fully commit to the PS5 and give me, like, games that aren't kind of hamstrung because they also have to run on a ps4 while the fans are spinning up sounding like a jet turbine you got a little longer to wait 2023 minimum on that uh maybe some of the really high profile shit will be exclusive to ps5 moving forward but when you have 110 million ps4s floating around it's kind of hard to pass up on that shit that's just free money at that point gran turismo 7 is getting uh, reviewed well, Mr. Black. But everyone seems pretty rattled about the cost of cars, and rightfully so. While you can earn cars in-game as usual, you know, race, earn money, buy cars, uh, you can, of course, also spend some of your real-world currency to pick up cars faster. The problem is, is that some of these cars that were like $5 in GT Sport, which is the game that came before GT7, are now costing upwards of 40 fucking dollars! 
for a single car. Excuse me? sound like Star Citizen here over here. $40 for a single car? The Forza side, you pay $40, you're getting like fucking 40 cars. $40 for a single fucking car. That's insane. I'm sure not all of them are that that expensive, but to to even have one that was $40 is an absolutely ridiculous concept. Uh, and, uh, I can't imagine how many people are going to make use of that, but at the same time, you know what? <laughs> sure. You know what? Maybe they will. Maybe. They, whatever, like the, whatever, whatever people are willing to pay, sure. Uh, maybe, maybe they fucking will. I mean, you know, why not? Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, Overwatch 2, Mr. Black, it exists. I know it's hard to believe, but it does. And we got some news today for it. PvP testing is starting this week, with the first alpha being limited to employees and professionals. The, like, five people still professionally playing Overwatch, I guess. And closed PvP beta is coming in April, which is a PC-only sign-up, and that launched today. So you can, uh, if you're interested in being part of that, uh, or having a chance to be part of that closed beta in April for Overwatch 2, and you have a PC to play it on, you can go and sign up for that today. Uh, and, uh, man, to say that I am interested in what this is going to turn out to be after the tumultuous development process this game has gone through would be an understatement. I am dying to see just how good or bad this is going to be. What is, what are your assumptions on this game when it comes out, Mr. Black? What are your, what do you think is going to happen? Is this game going to, like, tank into the center of the earth immediately? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. This is going to be the same No hesitation! Yeah, this is going to be a hype for about two weeks tops. And when I say hype, I mean like mildly hype. So a little bit more than Babylon's Fall, but not quite, not quite Elden yeah. Ring. It, it'll, it'll have, it'll have probably have the splash of Battlefield. Hmm. Okay. You know, and same, same, same uh, half life of uh, player base yeah. as Battlefield. I think it's just going to be more overwatch i think it's literally going to be overwatch one with a couple of new tweaks or upgrades and that's it (laughs) i mean i feel the same way honestly even even if it wasn't for all the other shit that's obviously made this development for this game such a an absolute nightmare i still don't know like they already they had already killed over overwatch as it was long before this with just they, they just balanced it into the ground uh, which is like an old, that's an old star, that's like an old, like, Blizzard StarCraft meme, is they just balance that shit right into the dirt, um, and, uh, and so this is unlikely to, to revive it, but you know what, I am, I'm looking forward to seeing just how it goes over, all the same, April, probably the soonest we'll see anything really major out of that. And lastly, for the six people who will both be able to afford it, but also find one for sale, Mr. Black, NVIDIA's 3090 Ti is rumored to be dropping March 29th. So if you've got, like, fucking three grand burning a hole in your pocket, six grand if you're buying it off of eBay after it gets bought up by a bunch of scalpers, and you can find one, rumor has it, end of the month, coming your way hot and fresh to run whatever games of Minesweeper you're going to play at six trillion fucking FPS... Uh, and good luck to all those looking to try and get their hands on one. Godspeed. Godspeed. And, and that's all we got for gaming news. We can move on, Mr. Black. It's time to sell out! Patreon.com slash lag TV. Head on over there and uh, throw some money at the screen. Keep the podcast going. 
Um, if you can't afford to do that, that's okay. Um, you can you can support a sponsor. Uh, we've got NordVPN. If you guys don't already have VPN service, it's that time, man. Uh, we got a big deal going on. Huge discount when you go to nordvpn.com slash OTT. Use the promo code OTT. Get yourself a massive discount plus a bonus month when you get a two-year subscription. That's less than the price of a Grande Cinnamon Dolce Latte a month at Starbucks. It's a great way to support the stream, support the sponsor, and keep yourself safe when you're on the internet, whether you're at home or in your pub, using public Wi-Fi. You can use it on your phone, your PC, your Mac, your smart TV, pretty much any device. Man, they got, a, they got an app for it all. Uh, you can even use it in China as well. And uh, yeah, you can watch region block content on the internet. Um, you know, if you don't know what a VPN is, it's a virtual private network. Basically, you connect to a server, um, mask your IP to go really anywhere in the world. Um, yeah, it's 2022, guys. If you don't have a VPN, it's that time. And for a few bucks a month, it's a, it's a no-brainer. They got amazing servers, high speed. You can game on them, stream on them, game and stream on them at the same time. Mm. And you support us. It's a mm. win-win. All right. So head on over nordvpn.com slash OTT. Use that promo code OTT and get that discount. That's it. Let's fucking go. Which means it's time for tech support. No, movies and TV. Getting a little ahead of myself. Get <laughs> ahead of yourself. Uh, I don't know why, Mr. Black, but allegedly there's a Beetlejuice 2 in the works. Hmm. To be starring Michael Keaton and Winona uh, Ryder. Both uh, would be returning uh, for that. Uh, and I just have you in my notes because I can. Nice fucking model! If I had a honking sound, I'd put it in there. But I don't. So, imagine it if you will. Uh, how do we feel about a Beetlejuice 2? Even if it I is the returning cast. I probably won't watch it, but sure. I'm sure there's a fan base out there that'll check it out. Um, not for me, but yeah, sure. Why not? I like Michael Keaton, so. Man, the original Beetlejuice is so good. It's like, you don't, why, why are you going to fuck with that? Just let, leave that as its own. Like, it's like a fucking institution at this point. Why are you going to make a sequel to that? Hot damn. Uh, but, uh, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't go too poorly. Maybe they pull it off. I mean, Maybe. is Michael, you know, Michael Keaton is really good, clearly. Uh, Winona Ryder is really good, clearly, so maybe they pull it off. I think probably the writing is going to be what kills this, uh, or, or, you know, or has it, has it, uh, redeem itself in some way. Uh, now this is, this is what I'm interested on your, uh, your elaborated thoughts upon after yesterday. Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series, we got the trailer popped yesterday. Uh, and like I said on Twitter, they use Duel of Fates, and so I had a hard time not being excited about it, because if you put Duel of Fates over damn near anything, I'm going to be excited about it. Uh, how do you feel, Mr. Black, after that trailer, about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming to Disney Plus? Um, I mean, it's the most excited I am for a Disney property in a long time, but I use the word excited very, very loosely. Like, if somebody told me the show will never air, I won't give a fuck. Um, but I'm going to have to watch it because it's Obi-Wan. Um, it's Ewan McGregor. Yeah. I mean, they got a good cast. Um, they got a good soundtrack. 
I just, it's hard for me to be excited about Star Wars and the old stuff and revisiting and the rehashing and everything because it's never as good. It's very rare that we have something that is good as what it used to be. Um, but if it's on Disney Plus and I'm paying the subscription, I'm going to watch it. You know, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I think that's that's like kind of where I'm at. I'm excited about it because other than Dual Fates, which is a meme more than anything, although you know what? It's true though. Dual Fates could put over anything. It just feels fucking 15 times more epic, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I'm in the same boat. You know, we talked about before. We're both experiencing some Star Wars burnout. I think a lot of people are probably experiencing some Star Wars burnout. Uh, and, uh, you know, for various reasons, no matter how good it is, you get so much of something, eventually it starts to lose its edge. I mean, uh, I don't think it, I don't think it, it's helping them that, uh, that the reception of the book of Boba Fett was kind of middling in comparison to, let's say, um, uh, friggin', uh, the Mandalorian is what my brain is searching for. Uh, you know, that was much more well-received, and, and I think we even talked about how a lot of the redeeming qualities of the Book of Boba Fett were, ironically, because they were extensions of The Mandalorian, uh, so it was, like, hard to even stand on its own. Um, yeah, I would say, I would say that I'm tentatively excited about it because it is Ewan McGregor. Yeah, I know it's gonna be another old dude on a sandy fucking planet, and that's Star Wars in a nutshell for, like, the last 20 years, but... It's Ewan McGregor. So I, I, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. They do, they do have a good solid cast other than just him, of course. And I would, I would hope, I would hope, and I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt on this as well, that they're going to do this, this one justice. If you were going to not fuck up one of them, this would be the one that you don't want to fuck up. Because you still have access to Ewan McGregor. Mm. This is not something that you're going to have come along other than this one, really. You, you don't fuck it up. You get you got him here. He's still because you and McGregor. He he's barely aged in fucking thirty years. He's yeah. perfect for this opportunity. I, mean, I see a little aging. When, I mean, yes, I, he's getting I there. Some, I saw I saw some aging. Uh, but at the same time, if he didn't, after all this, it would start to be a little yeah. weird. But you know, he let's say he's aging better than most. Maybe I guess is the way to go with that. Uh, and you know, he, it's not like he's an actor that put on 400 pounds and you can't recognize him as Obi-Wan anymore. I mean, if you just put him in a lineup, like you'll see pictures of him in all of the movies side by side by side. I mean, it looks like a natural progression of this character. Just don't fuck it up. So just, this is the one that you don't fuck up if you're going to do a series. And so I'm going to, I'm going to assume that this is going to go well. I'll definitely watch it. Cause again, like you, I have Disney plus. Yep. I have nothing else to watch on Disney plus yep. right now. Because yep. I don't have children. I'm not replaying shows day in and day out. I will say this, though, coincidentally, and not that we need Disney+, Plus. I don't think. Well, maybe you do at this point to watch it. And wanted to watch Taken. So we watched Taken 1 and Taken 2 last night, mm. and that was on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and so, you know, now, now that I mentioned that, and as Liam Neeson's, you, I fuck got angry because now they, they mishandled, they mishandled Qui-Gon Jinn. Could have had my boy on screen longer, but now he's dead. And you know, you know who didn't age quite as gracefully? Because I mean, really, he's getting up there. Liam Neeson. You can't put him as Qui Gon Jinn. No, that ain't gonna work. That ain't gonna work anymore. You can't go back in time. Not gonna work. So uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think it's gonna be a, a, a hopefully a, a, a good show. At least I hope it's better than the book Boba of Boba Fett. Fett. Yeah. 
Just give me that much. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think it will be. Just no multicolored Power Ranger motorcycles. Yeah, no weird fucking. Just, just give me some good Obi Wan. That was Kenobi that show shit. was a miss, man. If that if that show never existed, it would not affect my life in the least. Like I <laughs> no, wouldn't care no. at all. <laughs> no, exactly. Like it turned into the Mandalorian show at one point. So you know, <laughs> even they knew it. Even they knew they were going to be fucked up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Was, uh, they gave up on it themselves. Um. Other than that, I also have The Penguin, which is Batman's spinoff, was announced for HBO Max and will star another good one, Colin Farrell. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, he was the Penguin in the Batman. I saw that uh, while I was in Vegas in IMAX. Oh, how did that? How, so, how, Oh, your feelings on that? I haven't seen it yet, but how were your feelings on that? Um, I really enjoyed it. I give it a 9 out of 10. Mm. Um. My That's first initial coming right out of the theater was like 8.7. Then I had time to think about it. I'm like, okay, I got to bump it up to a nine. All right. Where did that point three, where did the point three go and come from? Um, I just, I just felt it necessary to give it a nine. I mean that I walked out like that. The last act was a little like, um, underwhelming. Um, uh, it's still very good, but the first hour of that movie was probably the best hour is the best first hour of any comic book movie I've ever seen. Wow. Okay. Um, simply because not because it was like end game levels where, or, or infinity war levels where it's just like crazy action. It was the way they filmed it, the writing, the, like the film noir vibe, the whole movie had it's a very like detective dark gritty angry batman and like the reveal of batman the first time you see robert pattinson in in the bat suit and uh it was just like it was like you know it was like uh <laughs> like god damn this shit is this shit is crazy um it was like super grounded and just realistic mm. um Robert Pattinson's Batman is like no other Batman you've ever seen before. That's good. Um, you can tell that there's going to be an arc, and there was an arc within this first movie. Um, so you can see some character growth like already. Um, but man, oh man, the the movie itself was different. It was gorgeous. It was not as gorgeous as Dune. But, like, it had a Dune effect where I'm watching the movie and I'm just in awe with the shots that they had. The fighting was amazing. Wide shots. You could see everything that was going on. Um, There wasn't any shaky cam, fast, like, shit. It was well After having just watched Liam Neeson in Taken? Oh, yeah, no. That's a stark contrast. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Um... (laughs) You know, the, the reveal of the Batmobile in that scene was absolutely insane. Like, if you're, you got to see it on the biggest screen possible with, with, with the, the loudest you can, sound you can, system you can get your oh hands on. Oh my God, man. It was, uh, it was good. Um, better Batman than Christian Bale, hands down. That's it's not even for me. Not, that's not hard because I didn't like Christian Bale's Batman at all. Yeah. I thought that he was backseat to all of his villains in, in the movies. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm still I think Robert Pattinson's Batman is is the best Batman we've got but not the best Bruce Wayne. I enjoyed Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne 
Uh, but with that being said, I think this character is going to kind of grow. The 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 Bruce Wayne is going to kind of grow to the kind of Bruce Wayne that I liked. Um, and it was ninety percent Batman and ten percent Bruce Wayne. So like, whenever you saw Batman, you typically saw him in a suit. He's doing all of his detective work in a suit. His obviously his fighting. Um, there's a. It's almost as if for the first time. It's almost as if the Batman was a character and Bruce Wayne was a character. And it was almost as if he was running from himself as Bruce Wayne to be Batman. And the way that he used fear to, uh, to scare or to neutralize his, his enemies or the, the baddies of the world was just so well thought through. The writing in this film is the best Batman writing you'll ever see, for sure. Mm. And to the casuals that are like, oh my God, I just want to see more fantasy stuff. Like, you know, more of the Batman, the superpowers and the big baddies. You're not getting that in this. This is a very grounded, realistic version of Batman um, that I just loved. And the writing is so smart. It's so subtle. The Riddler was great. Um, The... The stuff they did with him and the clues. There was almost no comedy in this movie at all, except for a couple of small parts that you chuckled at simply because of the way the Riddler was. But it was very serious, very dark. Um, You know, the more I think about it, I kind of want to give it like a 9.2 now. Like the more I think about this movie. It's not a movie that I would want to jump in and rewatch immediately, but it's definitely rewatchable. Um, and I almost think it's necessary to rewatch it at some point because there's a lot that goes on. It's almost three hours long. It's like two hours and 50 something minutes paced very well. Um, doesn't feel the length. Um, but there are a couple of scenes that I could have done without. Um, but all of the characters get their due except for, I think Alfred is the one that kind of took the shelf the most. But when we got him, it was a very like almost moving emotional, um, scenes that we've had with Alfred and the relationship that they had was different than any relationship. They did something. I'm not going to spoil anything, but they did something about the Wayne's family um, that they've never, that I've never seen before um, in a Batman movie, which was a nice element of surprise and added a lot of conflict for the character. Um, the, the, the penguin that Colin Farrell, he was unrecognizable and he, you could tell he was having so much fun in this role, he was over the top, but not in like a cartoony way, in in um in more of like a mobster type, um, Godfather, over the top type that just worked, and I think that's why he's getting his own show. Um, yeah, I got to go nine point two now that I'm really thinking about it. If anybody has their reserves about Robert Pattinson being Batman, I'm telling you, drop this whole Twilight boy shit. The the guy can act. And he can act better than your favorite actor. This guy's the real deal. And his Batman voice was spot on. You can actually understand everything the dude's saying. Um, he he emotes so much with his eyes. There are so many scenes where he says nothing, but he says everything. And it's so powerful that, like, you know, literally there are scenes where there's characters that are talking to him. And he just looks at him and you know exactly what he's saying without him saying anything. And the people know what's up. 
and it's there's something about this Batman that is just so grounded and well put together, and he's not this big yoked, jacked up, you know, ripped Batman that we had with. with well, ben you Affleck. know what? He said that if he was going to train, and he did, he would. He refused to take steroids for the role, so he did anything that you see, like his body transformation. Yeah, it's natural, which is yeah. rare because he doesn't have bad genetics to begin with. He yeah. actually has pretty good genetics. So like the stark contrast that people are used to where they see like fucking Thor. It's like, all right, I need you to gain 50 yeah. pounds of muscle in six months. And they're like, yeah, how did you uh, how did you get that big? Oh, I ate a lot of chicken and broccoli. I worked out like uh, six hours yeah, a day. No. You took the like, juice. No, you were on. Yeah, you're on you the were juice. on OJ Simpson straight to the main vein. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's great. Like, yeah, the, the Bruce Wayne stuff is the closest stuff you're going to get to Twilight Boy, but you understand why it's like that. Um, there's a reason why his character's like that. And as the movie progresses, you start to see a little bit of development and they do it in such a subtle way that isn't like a punch in your face. It's so smart. It makes it so that the audience is not treated like your 13 year old moviegoer that wants to go and see some Batman. This is a well thought out psychological thriller with some horror element in a comic book world. The the city of Gotham was like a character in itself. And it just his his manner where he lived was just so gothic and very Arkham, like from the Batman Arkham video games. Um, it was dark, it was rainy, it was uh it was just beautiful. It's a beautifully filmed it's a piece of art. I mean, like, even with the trailer, when we saw something, I think it was the Batmobile uh, reveal or whatever, when they did like the camera flip yeah. shot, like yeah. I immediately knew seeing that trailer, I was like, oh, this movie's going to be shot fucking wild. Oh, They're going to have like some. There's tons of that shit. Like there's tons of. <laughs> there, there, there are tons Who is the director? Of... Who is the director? Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves. Well, we need, obviously we need more Matt Reeves in our lives because oh, clearly, yeah. clearly he's awesome. crushing it. Dude, uh, it's it's really, really fucking good. It's really, really good. And it's different than anything. I know if you're only into action and you just want to see Batman with all of his gizmos and gadgets and fucking, you, you're probably not going to like this. Like, you're, it's different. You might, you might like elements of it, but you might leave slightly disappointed. But if you're in it, if you enjoy movies like Seven or, um, um, you know, like, darker um, Sicario mist- maybe yeah like not not necessarily that but it's similar you if you're if you're into a serious drama and a mm. detective type shit you're gonna eat this movie up because then you oh, get Batman in it as well true detective season one yeah it's there you go it's got that feel it's yeah. it's got that it's got that feel and uh yeah it's it's really really smart it's a smart smart movie so uh, 9.2. It's gone up since I started thinking about the movie. Um, I'll watch it again once I can get it on digital and I'll watch it with Kayla. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you guys are on the fence and you're scared about Twilight, boy, bro, <laughs> you don't have to worry. All right. You don't, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. You're going to get a little, a little tiny bit of the emo, you know, um, eye makeup and the brooding and stuff. But like, that you're going to get that in the Bruce Wayne element of it. And you only get maybe in the entire three hour runtime, you maybe get 20 minutes of Bruce Wayne in the entire film. Everything else is Batman. So, you know, you're not going to get much and you realize why he acts that way. And once you know that, then you're okay with it. Um, because if I mean, if I only got that for 
you know, two and a half hours and I got 30 minutes of Batman, yeah, it'd be a different story. But it just works. It just fucking works. Run out and see it. Um, they're doing two more of these in the same universe. So it's going to get, you know, it's going to get better. I like the way they ended it in terms of for the next one. But the third act in the film is the worst act of the movie simply because it was such a perfect first hour. It, you can't get better than this for the whole package. I've seen better action. I've seen better. Uh, um, I, I, I actually haven't seen better f- filming in a, in a comic book movie, but I've seen better action. Like, you know, the first opening scene of The Dark Knight Rises where, where they do that bank heist with the Joker and everything. That was amazing when, it, when I first saw it. This first hour, although it isn't as crazy action-packed like that is, it's just better. It's, 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 it's just better. And that's all I can say because I don't want to spoil anything. But it's good. And when Batman first shows up, dude, I mean, God, it's almost, it almost gives me goosebumps the way the shit and the way... <laughs> dude, the, the villains, man, they're afraid of the shadows. Like, you get, you get points of views from the bad guys and they're, they, they make a conscious effort to, like, look in the shadows because they're scared. When they see the bat symbol... It's a warning. It's not a it's not a call for Batman. It's a warning to the criminals and they're scared. And when you first see Batman show up, you're like, "Oh my god." And the 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 shit he does, man, it's good. And the last thing, he's not he's not like invincible in this. Like he gets he gets his ass whooped sometimes. Like not to the point where he looks weak, but it isn't like John Wick where you know, you know, he's he's whooping everybody's ass and two tapping everybody and he makes it look easy when there's a lot of people fighting him. You know, yeah, he gets the upper hand because he's Batman, but like he takes some lickings, you know, he takes some lickings. And I like that. I like that because this is year two Batman. He's trying to figure he's he's only getting into it. You know, we don't have to go through the origin story about his parents and see all that shit. We get to bypass that. They're, they're treating the audience with respect here because we've seen it. But, uh, you know, at the same time, he's still new in the bat suit. So, you know, it's nice. I like it. Check it out. Well, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy that that's the case because, you know, I, I've, uh, I've, I've become more and more of a Robert Pattinson fan over the years. You know, obviously I was on board with the whole, like, Twilight hate bullshit. And that's because the Twilight movies are fucking abysmal. But well, as soon as you realize that, that him and uh, Emma, what's her name? Was it? Uh, no, what? What's the girl's name that played fucking um, in Twilight? Oh, uh, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Um, yeah, both of them. You, after the first, you're in it for a paycheck. You're you're getting yeah. paid yeah. so much money. You'd be Large stupid money. not to do it. And you can only redeem those movies and the writing so much. I mean, truly, you're you're literally just hope and a prayer in that in that shit and then they get outside of that they you know they make their money and now and now you get you get stuff like this robert pattinson's doing shit like the lighthouse like if you think that that robert pattinson was going to do the lighthouse if he didn't do and make all of his money doing uh, uh doing twilight it was never going to happen in a million no. fucking years but when you make all your money and then you can just go and do shit like that now you can go ahead and do it and now he's got like now people are slowly coming around to like robert pattinson like jeff was saying he's the real deal 
this motherfucker is like your favorite actor's favorite actor right now. Like they're, yep. they're <laughs> he's he's kind of just in that slot. Uh, and, uh, and, and you love to see it. I will say it was kind of hilarious. I can't remember who he was alongside in this interview anymore. Which of the girls, uh, I was, I don't know if it was, man. Yeah. I can't remember who it was, but it was for, it was doing, it was for the Batman circuit. And he was explaining, uh, like he was playing or like he's a big fan of Final Fantasy seven. And he was trying to describe Final Fantasy seven in this interview while his co-star or whatever is like next to him. And she was just not getting fucking any of it she was just so like stop talking what are you doing and he didn't give a fuck he was laid back like relaxed in his chair laughing talking to himself he didn't care if anyone in that room gave a fuck about final fantasy 7 that man went on like a mini fucking like novel about his game and you gotta you gotta appreciate when people just don't give a fuck and he's yep. definitely he's definitely in don't give a fuck territory now and after this movie he's in super don't give a fuck territory because this is going to make big money i wonder how much he got paid do we know how much he got paid for this i'm not sure but he probably he, he probably didn't make an insane amount for the first one but these it's next gotta, two it's gotta be like 15 mil no, or something like that no, 10 mil get, or something nah, probably not He's, really he, yeah he probably got between he probably got around five million five mil okay and now if he comes back for a second one where does he land then Oh, he'll get bumps. He'll get back in. He'll get. He'll make some money on the back end. But I'm sure movies two and three, it'll go up. It, it'll it'll keep going up. I Robert Pattinson isn't a fifteen million dollar guy, but um, sure as shit, probably we get five million for the first like easy. And then uh, by the time he's all done all this, you know, he'll probably make fifty million bucks mm. by the time he's done these three movies. He missed. Uh, he missed the. Uh, he's got that Twilight money, man. He's already the guy is already. He missed already that Daniel. So he missed that Daniel Craig hype where he should have been. He should have been in fucking uh, what's it called the uh, uh, that like based the movies are like basically based on Clue. What's the freaking uh, oh the um, uh, <laughs> the guests are the um, yeah I, I know what you're talking about. Fuck! What is it? Yeah, he missed that boat. You know, Daniel Craig's got that locked up. You're making 50, 50 schmill on the on the worst yeah, accent. Knives out. Knives yeah. out. That's it. Worst accent in the world. Fifty schmill. No big yeah, deal. Yeah. Well, that's just Netflix <laughs> throwing around money. Uh, but there. Yeah, other than that, that's all I got. I don't know if there's anything it? else. Yeah, we watched. No. Like I said, we watched uh, Taken One and Two. We'll probably watch three, just to finish it up. Uh. You know, I, I had a I had a meme in my head that I'm too lazy to put together, but you know how I'm sure you've seen where sometimes peep content creators, especially if they do YouTube, they'll post like their fucking Adobe Premiere timelines where it's like a bajillion fucking cuts. They're like, look at this like 30 minute video and how much work it is. Look at this like 16 audio tracks and 15 video tracks and there's like a million cuts. I had I had a meme in my mind where I was going to like for like four or five of them where I was going to play a game of uh, is this a thirty minute YouTube video or is this a thirty second Liam Neeson action scene and post that on Twitter and see who could guess which is which because after watching the first two fucking Taken films you forget how many cuts are in those films dude I, I was yeah, getting I dizzy. Yeah, I I, like I couldn't keep I couldn't keep up with it going on. Like Liam Neeson is out here doing like he'll throw one punch and there's five cuts on like yeah. one punch or he jumps a fence and it's like forty eight different camera shots to make it look like he's actually jumped the fence. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, I still love Liam Neeson. I can't hate Liam Neeson. Motherfucker's a god. Give me more Liam Neeson. That is it. Which means it's time to move on to. Tech support.
Patreon.com slash LagTV is the place to go if you want to financially support this podcast, which you should. And many of you do and continue to. And we appreciate that. Uh, each and every week you get uh, a little something-something, but uh, for $10 or more. Of course, you can ask us questions on tech support. We answer as many of those bad boys as we can in the time that we have. First up, oh shit, the app is tripping balls. Hold on. Relax. There you go. Nope, 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 nope. Slow. Alright. App is fucking losing its mind. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? If I can read it before the app loses it. Um, here we go. Alright, this was this is a hot and hot and fresh one for Mr. Black. Comes in from Henry, who asks, Hey Jeff, my wife and I are thinking about having a kid. Is there anything I can do to better prepare myself? Start waking up early. It's a good one. Start waking up early, like 6 a.m. Uh, or 5 a.m., wh- whatever, um, and just get used to that, man, because, uh, it, you know, having a kid, it's it's early mornings. It's early, Especially in the very beginning, it's really early. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's still, it still is early. So that's, that's that. Um, and, um, geez, what else? I mean, that, I think that's, that's pretty much just, you know, prepare to have patience, man. You just need to have patience. The, those are, those are the two big, those are the two big things, but getting up early is definitely just, if, especially if you're a person that likes to sleep in or you usually get up at like, you know, nine, 10 o'clock or whatever. I'm not sure your position, but just start waking up early. Get used to it. Yeah. Get, get that bed early and up early, uh, I guess. Not a bad yeah. idea just to get used to it because you're going to, it's going to go bye-bye for a while. So, uh, definitely that's a good, that's a good one. Um, Alexa asks, what is the job you hated the most in your life and how long did you last in it? The job I hated the most, um, I would probably say construction. Mm. I probably hated that the most simply because it was like I was doing drywall for the most part. You know, I don't mind being on a construction site and I don't mind construction in itself, but that specific type of construction, uh, not fun. Um, I only had to do it for, geez, how long did I do it? It wasn't that long, maybe two years little bit less so it wasn't like horrible but yeah i mean i haven't had that many jobs in my life man i was i've been a server i did construction i worked at old navy um i worked at a theater and i worked in an electronics uh store that was those are pretty much all my jobs i've ever had uh oh i worked at a dollar store but i enjoyed those other jobs because i enjoyed the people i worked with and um, it just wasn't really hard on your body. You almost could slack a bit. The, the construction job, I worked with my dad. So he was hard on me all the time. And, uh, it was, it was, it was hard labor. Yeah, that's, I haven't had a lot of jobs either. Most of mine have been, I did, I did work when dad retired. He did construction stuff in retirement, various, uh, outdoor and indoor work. And, and I worked with him doing that stuff uh, and then i did 
I did some um, maintenance work for condominiums and stuff, um, and then worked as the summer camp counselor uh, there for a, a few years in the summer months when I wasn't in university, uh, and uh, and then did you know my my nine months at the uh, diamond company, uh, and like similar to Jeff. I would say that, and I think this is an important takeaway almost, it's not directly to the question, but you can have a kind of a shitty job, but if the people that you work in the job with are, are you, you like those people and you have a good time with them, that makes up for a shitty job more than a right. shitty job that pays more money, but you're there and you're just grinding that shit out daily, like your mental game isn't a, you know, you know you're making more money, but your mental game is in the fucking dumps because you hate the people that you work with is so much worse than going to work and then having maybe a shitty job, but having, you know, having fun with the people that you're with. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I would say it's, I'd have a similar answer. Any of the stuff that I did, like any of the labor work I did, it's not that I hated it because I liked doing physical activity because when you went to bed at night, you just, your ass was so dead, you just fell asleep. Whereas if anything you were doing... Um, that didn't have a lot, it was more mental than physically draining. I always had a harder time falling asleep at night instead of, uh, and getting a good sleep versus physical work. Um, but you do have to, you do like, and also like Jeff said, you do have to like take care of yourself a lot more because when you're doing eight hours of manual labor, um, and you know, contrary to popular, popular belief for road working crews that you see like 15 people standing around and two people doing the work. If you go into like a construction site, uh, proper, you you don't have a lot of time to sit around. You're pretty much on your feet and you're just working nonstop the whole day. And depending yep. on your, on what you're doing, you know, drywall is fucking terrible because if you've never done housework before, uh, I urge you to go to uh, a, uh, like a Home Depot or whatever fucking like hardware, whatever that sells gyp rock and find the one that says light or ultra light, which yeah, is no. like the new shit, uh, that's lighter than the old shit. And then try and pick up a sheet of drywall, four by eight sheet of drywall. Uh, the ultra light weighs a fucking metric ton you get, and that's a half inch. You get five eights, you get five eights drywall and you got to put that bitch on a ceiling. Yeah, bro. That you are, you are, you are tired in the first 45 minutes of the day. You haven't even fucking woken up yet. Your coffee hasn't even gone through your body. Yeah, you dude. picked up two five eight sheets fuck of plywood. You're already tired because it's like basically being in a strongman competition. You haul that <clears throat> shit, just hauling it from the truck into the house. Just picking yeah, up. Do you do two sheets at a time? You see, you, you don't see people walking with six sheets of fucking drywall into a house because you'd have to be fucking Arnold goddamn Schwarzenegger to pick up that much weight. It's insanely heavy. And it's dirty. That's the other thing. Like, drywall work is dirty. You're getting showered by Giprock constantly. And so it's a tough, 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 uh, tough, tough uh, job. Framing is, is also really fucking hard on you. Um, and um, your body gets beat up real bad. I got friends of mine that did framing, residential framing, and they were like 29 years old having done framing for six years and they had the body of a 90 year old man just completely fucked driving like three and a half inch nails all day uh up on top of some three-story fucking house and being bent over all day trying to do that work is just no fun so yeah i mean i would say anything that i did with dad fence building um because all you do like one the worst job was a fence we built and it was it was like 300 feet of fence and the guy wanted it to be 10 feet tall 
and he was in a windy area. And so we had to dig the holes for the fence posts like fucking a million feet into the ground. And in Nova Scotia, you only have three, you just have three inches of topsoil and uh, then granite. That's yeah. the only two things that comprise. And so it was just like 300 foot of fence with like three and a half feet or four foot dug holes. And you're just basically literally beating rock apart with a fucking cast iron pry bar for like 12 hours at a time. And by the time you get home, you're just dead and you hate life. So I'm going to yep. say that. Anytime, anytime you think, you know, you think to yourselves, uh, you know, that, you know, that's a, a, you know, not so bad of a job. Stop. That shit's tough. Uh, for sure. But the upside is, of course, that, you know, for me anyway, you fall asleep in like two seconds. Your ass gets home, you're so tired, you lay down after eating, you're passed out. And, uh, sometimes that's the best feeling in the fucking world, being really tired and just falling asleep. Uh, unless, of course, you're like Henry here, and then uh, don't do construction because you're doing construction coming home and you have a baby. Good luck. Uh, mm, Danish Devil, any good stories from childhood, like sneaking into places, like a rated R movie uh, without an adult, or sneaking a girl into your house? Um, I mean, uh, <laughs> I used to... Um... When, uh, yeah, I mean, kind of, I guess I'll go with the sneaking of the girl, but, um, we, when I was a teenager, um, geez, I was probably what, probably 17 years old then. Cause I'd moved out already. So I was definitely, I was probably 17. I, um, I moved in with a friend. So I left home when I was 16. Um, and I moved in with a good friend of mine, uh, from childhood uh, not too far, and then uh, my parents completely separated at the time, or I guess they stayed separated, but th- they were, like, done-done uh, then. And so my mom moved. She asked me, like, hey, do I get a two-bedroom for me and, my, me and your sister, or do you want me to get a three-bedroom? I said, just get a two, and I'll move out. I just didn't want to deal with it anymore. So um, at the time, I still had a house key for the old house, and it was completely moved out, um, but I still had a key. So what I would do is I would take my girls, like, you know, girls, girlfriends, whatever, and uh, we would go in the house and get busy um, in the empty house, um, <laughs> you know, just on the carpet floor or whatever, right? <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, I used so to do that. That's so ghetto. I love it. That's such yeah, a bro. thing that you do when you're young. It doesn't yeah, matter where. It's like whatever you can, wherever it can happen. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't care, right? So, you know, I had, a, I had, a, I had a few girls in there. Um, so yeah, I used to, I used to sneak them in. We used to go there, like you know, at night or sometimes right in the middle of the day, because um, you know, we like I could, I didn't want to do it at my friend's house. Um, and then like, you know, going to the girls' houses was just like a no-go. So that's, <laughs> that's what I did. Yeah. Um, mm. I was such a boring kid. I don't have any like exciting fucking stories like that. I mean, like, like the, all the, all the stupid shit was, I, I was there to witness it, but I was never the one necessarily doing it because I, I, I knew that, that regardless of how much I tried to hide it, one of my parents would find out and then I would die. So I had the fear of the fear of my father and mother in me and there was no way I was going to fuck. So I'd, I'd watch it from a safe distance. And, you know, when Jeff came on the street, the, the, the number of crazy things that I witnessed exponentially increased 
Uh, and uh, but there were you know there were a lot. A lot of, I mean, we were talking about some like um, you know we like the kid lighting himself on fire or or the night that we were playing uh, uh, knock knock ginger or whatever the fuck on the on the king's place and and Jeff was the last one to go and they got to the door too quick and he had to jump in the bush next to the fucking doorstep. Uh, to not be seen, and the dog came out, and this guy was screaming and yelling. They called the cops. There was like four squad cars on the road. We were all running behind the houses, uh, and and I don't think anyone made it out without some form of injury. Tidiz literally knocked himself out, tripping over a low fucking shrub in somebody's front yard, but because he was laying on the ground, the cops never saw him, so it was like a happy coincidence that mm. he knocked himself out. Um, you know, stupid shit like that, but I was like never... I was never the one directly doing it. I was just kind of watching and enjoying the madness uh, from a distance. Uh, there was no way for me to sneak anyone into this household. There's just literally no physical way of doing it, so that never happened. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have anything like really super exciting in that regard. Um, I do. I I just remember really stupid. Sh- like I remember one night, I was such a sheltered fucking child. So like one night. Um, I was staying at Jeff's place, and this is when you were you were down past Subway, down at that place. And what? How old would we have been? That was that was like teens. high school. Yeah, yeah. Like early high school. I think I would have been like grade ten, maybe. Yeah, I think. Um, I want You know what? I might not have even been. You might have been grade ten or or eleven, and I was like nine going into ten. Anyways, it was summer months, and somebody came to your door at like fucking I don't know what hour it was. It was it was late o'clock. And we were just chilling at the time. And there was like, uh, it was a couple of girls. I didn't even know, I didn't know them. Um, uh, I didn't know them beyond like their name or whatever. And they were trying to get you to come out. And I was there and they were like, oh yeah, sure, we'll come down. So they were hanging out at like the fucking, um, the playground down the road. Yeah. yeah. And all I remember is a very specific memory is it was the first time I ever smelled fireball before in my life. The fucking whiskey. Because before then, I'd never, I'd never, like, nobody was drinking Fireball. But then at that year, Fireball got really hype in high school. Everyone was drinking fucking Fireball. And you can smell that shit. Like, we left Jeff's house, and there's, like, a three-minute walk to this playground. And you could physically smell the cinnamon from the Fireball because there was so much of this shit being drank at this, uh, at this playground down the road. And that's all I can remember. And we only went down there. It was stupid as fuck. We went down there for about 10 minutes. And then we went, ended up going back home because all ended up happening was like people complaining about, I don't know, it was two girls complaining about a couple of guys and some dude that I'd never seen in my life that was probably a drug dealer showed up at one point. And then we just fucking went home and that was it. That's the kind of stupid shit my memory uh, fucking pulls up out of the grave. Or like, um, the one day... It's never bad shit, really, or like the one day where you got really obsessed with the Matrix and so you got a, a video camera and we were down in some area in Spryfield trying to reenact the Matrix films yeah. and you recruited like Teo and a bunch one of or two other guys to show up and <laughs> try to reenact the Matrix films. There's like, uh, it's just like... Good times. And yeah, just random fucking shit. Like my god, but no, I was way too boring for that. I was just the guy that was always there. Like if I was in, if you were watching a movie and there was like a bunch of like fucking people doing crazy shit, I was that one awkward dude that never did anything. I was just kind of there in the background. That was me. Asking I was never. Yourself, why am I here right now? Internally going, what the fuck am I doing here right now? I could literally be doing anything else, and yet here I am. Um. 
Does that footage exist? You know what? We had that for years. It's gone now. But yeah, we I don't had know where like we had that for yeah. Dude, the fucking you got hooked on doing film work for a couple yeah, like man. for like one summer. You got deep into the filming shit. Um Time Tricks asks, are you guys ready for two dollars a liter of gasoline? No. No, Not just really. like I wasn't ready for 186, 176. 166 or 156. Uh, sure, shit ain't gonna be ready for 206 when it inevitably shows up. Uh, all I can say is that I'm happy I have a hybrid and I don't drive in like as much as some people. That's the, all I can say. Uh, because holy shit, like my cousin Ben's got just like like last year just bought a, a fucking truck. He's salty. Yeah, bro, I'm salty. salty. I mean, I barely leave. Like, when I go to the pump and it costs me $180 to fill my truck, I ask myself, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I said the other day, man, like, you know, I got money and, like, I'm feeling this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, like I'm the, I, like, I have enough money that, like, when I go to the gas station, I don't have to worry about how much the gas is going to cost, right? Yeah, if I yeah, go yeah. to the grocery store, I don't have to worry about how much the groceries cost. I just get what I want. But now when I go to the gas station, I'm like, God damn. Like, it, <laughs> like I, have to, I, I have to take a second and third look, and I'm like thinking to myself, I'm adding this shit up in my brain going, okay, if I do this, you know, three times a month, that's like, you know, 550 bucks. Then like Kayla also drives, like that's probably another... You know, three. I'm I'm probably spending like eight hundred dollars a month in gas. Like, what the what the fuck is going on here? Like, this is crazy. It's time time for that vehicle change before your bank account gets eaten alive Holy by fucking f- gas, bro. Fuck me, dude. Yeah, it's crazy um, out there. I remember remember back in the you know I always two things for markers for cost of gasoline over the time. I remember when Classified did the um did the Halifax song or Nova Scotia, or whatever the fuck it was, and he mentions that um, uh, the gas is a dollar. Yeah. You know, smoke, you know, he talks about smokes costing $10 a pack and, and gas costing a dollar, and then you you did, a, in one of your songs, a couple years afterwards, you made reference to that when you when you mentioned the price of gas, and it was like a buck ten or whatever the yeah. fuck it was. Yeah. And, and I think about that now, and I'm like, and those were like short bursts before they dropped back down to like sub-dollar or whatever, for a time and now i'm sitting here going motherfucker we're up here like two dollars just just a year ago like a little bit more than a year ago it's like, a buck like 20. when covid happened no would covid happen oh yeah it oh, was yeah, down it, to like 70 cents yeah it the like, shit was like they were giving it out for free because nobody was buying anything right like what the fuck <laughs> now it's just like holy shit man bro yeah. gasoline is such a racket opec is just jerking off in banks of money right now because all it takes is something to happen in the world anywhere and they're like, oh, it's a good reason to run up the cost of gas. Fuck you. And yep. then you just pay for it. And the problem that what I'm scared about is that right now, this is obviously the gas is going up because of the, the Ukrainian Russian fuck show. Um, and what I'm afraid of is that the market is going to begrudgingly adjust to this cost. And by the time this settles itself and they can no longer blame that as being the reason behind it. They're still going to leave the the price of gas basically where it sits right now. And it's not going to come back down. That's my, you know, for gasoline, 
Now, in the grand scheme of things, of the problems uh, in the problems surrounding the reasons why the gas is high right now, I'm not going to complain too much because clearly, of all the things in the world right now happening, that's the least of our worries. However, all the same, when you go to the gas, when you go to the gas tank or gas uh, gas uh, uh, station, and you're and you're filling your car up, woof. Yep, woof. Um. Oh, jeez. Okay. Dr. Samurai, we got Disney Plus for a month. What are the must-watch shows and movies? Um, is there anything really must-watch on Disney Plus or is it more like just, you know, you do you want I mean, to get you nostalgic? Go watch Shang-Chi. Go watch Shang-Chi. That was awesome. Yeah, that's good. I think, yeah. that, I think that's a I think that's a pretty good must-watch if you're into comic book stuff. Um, Disney Plus shows, I mean, um the Mandalorian was pretty good. You know, I, I didn't hate the Mandalorian, it, uh, especially the first season. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mind it. Um, so, I mean, if you're into Star Wars, I mean, that's probably the better stuff. Um, that's all I can really think of right now. I, I haven't, I watched Loki, but like, I enjoyed it, but I, it, I don't, I don't think it's must watch TV. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, if you're into that, um, yeah, I haven't watched Clone Wars, so I, I, I can't... I hear great things about it. If you're really into Star Wars, Clone Wars, the animated series, is really fucking good. Yeah, but I hear it's amazing, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like that's that's kind of Disney Plus in general, is it's like nothing is necessarily that must-watch. It's just... It's got such an enormous amount of stuff that, especially if you have a kid or something, it's like basically yeah, almost a necessity <laughs> at this point uh, in time. Um, where are we at? Oh, we got time for a couple more. Velkus asks, looking for opinions here. I drive an electric vehicle and I'm debating signing up for Uber to try and help with gas prices going mental at the moment. Oh, that's topical. What I'm questioning is if it will be of uh, any help since I can only do it in my off hours or if people are more likely going to not bother going out as much in general. For the record, Uber is here, but you need an enhancement uh, to your license to sign up, which requires a medical sign-off. I mean, I think that's admirable to want to, you know, uh, try and do anything to help, you know, for people that are going to be struggling to uh, to get around because not every city is set up for good public transit. Not everywhere can get away with just saying, you know, oh, just grab, you know, hop on a bike or walk or, you know, do anything that's not drive a car um many people say or i've seen when this happens um oh uh many people say when this happened when this started happening oh well cars are a luxury they're not a necessity like and that all that tells me is that they don't live in a place where a car is basically a necessity to be able to get around with relative ease like if you were here even though we're a small city it's pretty much a necessity here. it's pretty much a necessity here um in the sense that if you were to just use public transit uh, all the time you're at an enormous disadvantage if you're anywhere like if you're if you're anywhere more than like 20 minutes away from the city by car you're you're in get fuckedville um so yeah i it's it's a challenge so it's admirable i mean it's just kind of up to you i don't think there's anything uh, you know you're going to make some extra money maybe uh if you're if you're into it it sounds like there's a little bit of a sign-up process that you might have to, you know, a bit of a headache here and there to get that set up. But, I mean, fuck it. I, if you if you can do it, 
If you're making money, money, like if you're making money, do it. Like I mean, uh, people make decent money if you're, doing Uber. If you're burning money, don't. <laughs> no, but fuck if you're that, making it, you're gonna put you're gonna put mileage on your vehicle and stuff. You're gonna have random people in it and fucking treat it, you know, with disrespect. You know, you got to deal with people. You know, running Uber is like running a small business. You know, so if you're gonna profit from it, sure. If you get the time, you want a little side hustle, and you get to do good, some good as well, makes you feel good. Go for it. If you're doing it just for charity, I would think about doing charity in other ways. You know, there's tons of things you can do for your community. You don't have to get in cars with strangers for the fun of it. Uh, Xenon Slayer, if you're comfortable in saying, what's the most you've won or lost while gambling? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go first on this, because again, I, I'm, I'm the white bread motherfucker in here. I don't, I don't gamble, really, ever. However... When we were younger, again, Jeff getting me into trouble, we'd go to the, uh, we'd go to the old church fair, the church fall fair, <laughs> where they had some loose gambling, because it was supposed to raise money for the church, right? So they had various things, whether that be, you know, uh, bingo, or they had, like, you know, some roulette-typey, uh, wheels and things of that nature. And so we went down one day, there's one, one legendary afternoon for us, we went down, and what was the game? Was it roulette? It might have been. It was like a wheel spin thing. It was a wheel spin, it wasn't traditional roulette, Crowns but it was Crowns and anchors. A, Crowns and anchors, oh my god, you can remember Crowns and anchors, that's right. So basically, they had, um, at the time, it was like, what was the cap? It was like a dollar or something, I think was the most. Two bucks. Two bucks. And... We started off a little slow, and we just kept winning, and it was like we couldn't fucking lose. And so we started max betting, and it got to a point where we had won, like, we were up a substantial amount of money. And so we said to the person running the table, so can, we do, can we do $5 spins? And they're like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And eventually we convinced them, this is like two children, convinced this, this person to allow $5 spins. And we kept fucking winning. We went, we won so much that they banned us from the fucking table. We weren't allowed to play anymore. I went in with like, I went into that place with like, I think five or ten bucks and we left. I had like $120 in my pocket and Jeff had just about the same and we robbed a church. So that was probably that was probably my biggest windfall in that regard. But yeah, that's because I I don't really I don't really gamble. What about you? Um, the most I've ever lost at one sitting, probably a thousand bucks, right around there. Um, that's like a really really bad. Like I normally what don't. about a dub? Uh, yeah, dub about fifty five hundred. Hey, not bad. Yeah. Was that, the, was that more recent when you were doing the poker tournament here last yeah, year or something? A, yeah, that was about two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, two years. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've had many, like, usually if I'm gambling down at the casino, um, usually my budget's about three, four hundred bucks. So, you know, if I say if I go to the casino with my wife and we just want to, like, play some slot machines, have a couple of drinks, um, usually three, four hundred bucks, what I go down there prepared to lose, it's whatever. Um, so I normally, like, I know my limits. Like, I don't, I don't go down there and, you know, I'm not, <laughs> you know, I just have a little bit of fuck you money, right? Like, just like, hey, I use this as entertainment. I don't chase my losses or anything like that. So um, it's all about just being responsible um, because $1,000 or say three, $400 to me might mean $30,000 to somebody else, right? Like, it's all relative. Um yeah, and then, you know, there's been many times where I've won a thousand bucks, five hundred bucks, you know, too many times to count. But like a big, big one would be, you know, like about fifty five hundred. 
Uh, related related to that, Seth asks, "What is your favorite game at the casino, and what is your least favorite?" Uh, favorite favorite game to play as a group is craps. Um, craps and poker. Those are those are my favorite. Uh, my least favorite to play at the casino is probably roulette. Mm. Um, it's just I don't really find it that exciting. It's really bad odds, and I just never win. So that would be a good reason to not be a big fan. Um, I, again, I don't really gamble, but the two that I enjoy playing the most, uh, even if I don't really understand it to the degrees that some would, would be blackjack and poker. Those are like my two, yep. my two, they're, they're fun enough. Uh, they've got just enough involvement that you feel like you still have some agency. Yep. Uh, and it's not just like Jeff said, like with roulette, it's like, you don't have any agency. You're just like pick, you might as well pick the same fucking number every time. Cause you're not getting any worse odds. Just yep. picking the same number every time. Um, so yeah, I would say probably, I would say probably those two, I, if I could learn and I sat down and tried to learn and knew it, but since I don't play it, I don't remember, but craps would be another one. If I was at a, at a, if I was going, if I knew I was going to go to Vegas, for example, and, and in the casino, I would learn again how to play craps because it's, it's one, it's the one game in the entire casino that you can technically have winning odds versus the house. If you just play a very specific way and yep. two, because again, you feel like you have some sort of agency. If I'm going to gamble my money, I want to feel like I at least have some hand and why yeah, I, I want lost some it. play, man. I want to yeah. like, it's give and take, you know, if you're going to siphon my money, at least like, give me a little bit of a rush yeah. and stuff. Like give me these mini wins. You know, the thing with blackjack though, is that if you don't fill the table with people that, you know, it's like the classic, you're going to eventually get fucked by some idiot, uh, in the table that just doesn't play, uh, properly, and so you know you gotta you gotta be careful when you're playing your blackjack. <laughs> but all the same, yeah, th- those would probably be it. Uh, we only got two more, so let's go for it. Mark Furry got a month of ga- a PC Game Pass from Roll Up the Rim. Oh, that's right, it's Roll Up the Rim time at Timmy Hose. What should I play? Uh, just do Halo Infinite's campaign because the only ways you get it is either pay for it or play it on Game Pass. So I'd say do that. It's pretty good. It's pretty fun. Um. I'm not sure what other games are like limited time access right now on Game Pass that uh, that would necessarily be something that I would dive right into, but I would certainly say that that would be, you know, my main suggestion uh, for that. I don't know if Jeff knows anything on Game Pass right now. I don't. Way. Yeah, I don't have it, so. But yeah, I would say that's probably it. I mean, you can, the good thing is you can easily see what's all there pretty pretty easy, but um, but that would be my, my number one, I would say, for now. Um... Speaking of, I got some roll-ups I haven't done yet. I need to I need to do my roll-ups. It's all on apps now, which by the way is horseshit. I want my cup rolls back. Motherfucker. Yeah. I want to I want to tactically get disappointed when I roll them up with my thumbs. I want bruised thumbs after day 3 of roll up the rim. Um Jkim, last question of the day. Uh what the fuck? If you could be any video game character for World War Three, who would you pick? Master Chief, come on, bro. Motherfucker is invincible. Dude's like friggin' pushing eight feet tall, like Cortana said. She chose him because he's lucky. He never fucking dies. He just always, he's there and he's got armor. You know, short of dropping a fucking massive-ass bomb on that dude, he's getting out of there alive. What was the I'm question? Going, uh, which video game character would you choose for World War Three? Actually, follow-up to that, Kime from uh, Lost Odyssey because he's invincible. He he can't die. <laughs> um yeah. 
tough one. For World War Three. Hmm. You'd be one of like one of the guys from Gears of War. Probably wouldn't be a bad choice. Man, I'm going. I'm going Chris Redfield. Oh, punching boulders. Yeah, Ugh. why not, man? He's you know he's he's like a war vet. You know he's uh he knows what he's doing. He's jacked. Let's get it. All right, one sec here. I've got three rolls, Mr. Black. I'm doing them live. You ready? Okay. And then we're ending the show. I'm a winner right off the rip. Ten Tim's reward points. There you go. Boom. Only 90 more to be able to use them for anything. Wow. All right, roll two. Winner! Imagine that. In case you're wondering, they're all winners, so there's not going to be any losses here. Mobile order prize, 20 bonus points, but specifically if you only order via mobile. Okay, great. Well, that's a horseshit fucking roll. What the hell is that? That's some, that's some nonsense. Last one. Five reward points. Uh, it's just disappointing. I'd rather lose sometimes and give me the fucking like, cup. Yeah. I want the cup back. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it. It's another Tech The Awful Podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by watching this bad boy live, listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else where you catch this. SoundCloud, the usual. Give us a rating on any of those platforms if you have the opportunity to. Pass us on to a uh, friend, family member, pet, literally anyone. Tell a pet rock. Fuck about care. Just get them to show up for the show. Patreon.com slash like TV if you want to help continue to support this podcast. We'd appreciate it uh, as we'd love to keep it going for you guys at home for as long as we can. And until we see you next week, thank you once again. Stay safe out there. And peace. Peace. Peace.